Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that hookup was, was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. We have a fascinating and very informative conversation for you today, all about period and hormonal health. You guys loved the episode we had with Elisa Viti, another hormone expert back in episode 10, in case you want to go back and listen to that. But so obviously your response meant that you guys were really interested in cycle syncing and reproductive health. So I was very excited to ask Barry to come on the podcast. I love the work that she does. Barry on Barry is a board certified integrative health practitioner, menstrual health educator, and the creator of Optimize Your Flow a method that combines strategic fertility awareness education with practical lifestyle implementation. She's also known as your period bestie, and she just makes this stuff very comprehensible and tangible and very kind of simple to understand, which is why I love the work that she's doing. I first connected with Barry three years ago because I saw what she posted on Instagram. I was obsessed with it. And she was really one of the first people that I saw talking about this more holistic approach to period health. So I connected with her to interview her for an article on theevergirl.com. That was three years ago. So this conversation has been a long time coming. I've used cycle syncing personally to totally heal my body and my relationship with my period. Like It has truly transformed my life. So this topic is very close to my heart. In this episode, we talk about why the relationship with your period is so important, how to heal symptoms and optimize your body. And then we clarify a lot of misconceptions and confusions around cycle syncing to make it easier and more comprehensible. Just a brief disclosure before we get started that on the Evergirl podcast, we'd love to have a variety of women come on to talk about different perspectives, experiences, and various points of view to hopefully give you some inspiration to help you live your very best life in whatever way that looks like for you. This is not intended to be medical advice. So absolutely talk to your doctor about anything you hear in this episode and make decisions about what's right for you. With that being said, let's dive into this podcast. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Welcome Barry on Barry to the Every Girl Podcast. Okay, so it's cycle day 27. Oh my gosh. Okay. And, you know, it's late luteal phase. I'm waiting for my period to make her grand entrance. So I'm really good, but also life is so busy. Business and like professional life, like 
it doesn't just slow down for my period. As much as I, like I'm done right after this interview, I'm done for the rest of the day, not answering an email, not talking to anybody, but like, I'm just like, okay, almost period, (laughs) like almost there. It's almost that time. Yeah. It's, it's time to cocoon. It's time to cocoon. You know, what's so funny is that I'm on day one of my period and I'm like, I feel the same way where I'm like, if I could only schedule interviews where I like around my ovulatory phase, life would be so great, but it's like so hard to actually put it into practice, which like, I want to talk about that and, and get into all that. But so you and I can have a very, just like low key, calm yeah. conversation. <laughs> I love it. We should have checked and scheduled. We need that. We need a nice, like late luteal first day of menstrual phase, like a nice relaxing conversation. Yeah. Well, I was talking to you, Barry, on off air about how we, I think it was two years ago, was it that I I, I interviewed you for an article on the Everett Three site? now. Was it three now? It was 2020 and we're in 2023. Oh my, oh my God, that's weird. But you're right, I know. 2020. Uh, and I was just telling you that it really was one of the first huge pieces we've ever posted on the site about periods in that way. Like, you know, we've obviously always covered physical health like that, but like, this idea of cycle syncing and not having to be succumbed to an awful period, that advice was very new. And you were really one of the very first content creators and experts that I saw talking about this. So I I am very excited to have you on today. It is such a long time coming. Literally when we launched the podcast, my one of my first thoughts was like, Barry and his got to come on and I have to interview her about everything that she posts because I love your content too. So thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait for this conversation. It's years in the making. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be here. And honestly, I remember when the podcast launched, like D- I think I DM'd you like, you if you need someone to come on and talk about periods, like I got you because I just remember the response from the community as it relates to cycle syncing and understanding their periods was so great. Like the amount of people are like, I found you from the every girl. I found you in the every girl. And I'm like, okay, girl, like, okay. So I'm just <laughs> so grateful that we get to bring this in a like very practical way, but also in mm-hmm. a little bit more of a like, for me, this is more fun because you can hear my voice and like see like the energy. It's it's different totally. than when it's like written out, you know? So I'm excited. Totally. And I know you call yourself like on Instagram, like your period BFF, like mm-hmm. because it's so true. And like that comes off differently than writing an article, which is why I love podcasting because it is such a different experience. And, you know, especially with wellness content, like people obviously go to wellness content because they're looking to heal, you know, they're looking to change their lives, make them feel better. And it's, I think like in a conversation like this, we're able to like help people also feel heard in addition to giving them advice. So Mm -hmm. I, you are just like the perfect person to be here and to do this. So I'm so excited. And we were just saying, I just want everyone to know the context of, you will all understand when we get into cycle syncing and all that, but Barion is on day one of the last days of her luteal phase. And I'm Mm -hmm. on my first day of my menstrual phase. So we are going to be low key and chill. It's be like famous last words. Then I'm going to be like, ah, but like, but technically yeah. we should, we're, we're in our chill mode. We're in our cocoon mode. So I feel like I'm so excited though, that nobody, like nobody would know which phase I'm in because I'm like <laughs> so ready to be here and be like, how can I serve? What's the problem? Yeah. Let's like, Show let's up. do it. Yeah, for sure. You're like ovulatory phase energy. A hundred percent. Well, so that's something I had to learn how to do. I had to learn how to 
coming out of 2020, I had to learn how to really take cycle syncing in my business to the next level. Because in 2020, like it was easy to tell people no. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. So it was so easy. But then, like, the world opened up and there's this opportunity and that thing. So, like, learning how to like pace myself, which is like my way of doing productivity and sync with your cycle. I call it pace. It's a little acronym. So, we'll get to it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, learning how to do that has been a really cool thing for me. So, everybody's getting like the first like look at it, essentially. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. I cannot wait. We're going to dive into all of that. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, before we get into all of the cycle syncing, the amazing period tips, I would love for you to give a little context about how you got into this work and your relationship, how that has been to your hormones, your body, your period, and how you became like a period educator, like how freaking cool. So like, give me your whole backstory. Ooh, okay, we don't have enough time for the whole thing. I'm gonna be honest. Like, love sure. you so much, but like, right. ain't nobody got time for Spark that. Noted. So, yeah. <laughs> in full transparency, I think the best way to start this is with my favorite question, which is if your period was your lover, what would it say about your relationship? Would it say your besties? Would it say it's complicated or would y'all be toxic? Okay. <gasps> And for me, we were toxic. Like we were very toxic until I would argue 2019. I had what so many people grow up with. You know, I got my first period at 12 and then I started experiencing pain my freshman year of high school, you know, going through puberty, going through those growing pains. Also, I was a high level athlete. So I would have a period some months, not have a period other months. I had the cramping, the mood swings, the heavy bleeding to the point where I was bleeding through my panties. And like, you know, there was so much shame and guilt emotionally around it as well. So I had quite literally a toxic relationship. Like I remember being about 22 years old and thinking to myself, I wish I didn't have a period, Mm. you know? And then 2019, I think I was, you know, 24 at the time or turning 25 and I was interviewing someone from my podcast and I remember Hannah so clearly saying on this podcast, you don't have to have a painful period. Like at all. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Hannah. And she was just like, no, my dad's a doctor. Periods are normal. Pain shouldn't be. And I was like, you're not going to speak past that. Like you didn't just say what you just said, because it was the first time in my life I had ever heard someone say, you don't have to be in pain on your period. And at the time I was a functional nutritionist and personal trainer. So it just made sense for me to kind of try out this thing of cycle syncing. I don't really know what it was. I frankly did not believe it worked. Full transparency. I read the book Woman Code, and that book was the catalyst for everything. You know, that was January 2019. I had my first cramp free period in March of 2019, and I have been carrying the cutest Elle Woods inspired pink flag ever since saying periods are normal and pain is not like ever since that moment. So that was like, you know, a very high level overview of like how I got started and, you know, my credentials then versus what they are now. Now I'm a fertility awareness educator and integrative health practitioner. But like, that was like the starting moment. That's like 2019. And then we fast forward to 
2020, 2021, 2022, and here we are in 2023. Isn't that wild? Like one conversation can spark not only just like a life-changing decision to change your health, even you being like already really in health and, and being an expert in health, but it also changed your career. Well, it what's... What's so funny is I went to school for political science, Arabic, and German. I really Really? thought, like, that's what I went to university for. I thought I was going to go work in women's health and women's rights. And I didn't because I was just like, "Mm, this is just not the vibe. Like, this is just not what I want to do. In, you know, hindsight, 2023 now, I'm full circle working in women's health and women's rights, just in a completely different capacity, but still also like very much so advocating for those things, just again, in a different capacity. So, I mean, I've been the same way when I first heard about it. I remember thinking like, okay, I'm sure that works for a lot of people, but like not my periods, like my periods are insane. Like they're like, my body's different. So I I think that a lot of women see their stories in yours where they've had this toxic relationship with their period for so many years and don't believe that, you know, these women online who are like, you can have painless periods and it should be a happy experience. Like they're like, bullshit, like sure, sure, sure. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think that people, because it's so not taught to us, right? Like I didn't go through sex ed when I was in fifth grade or eighth grade or ninth grade or whatever and learn this is what happens to your hormones. These are the, you know, this is how you treat your body. This is how you cycle sync. Like we don't learn those things. We just learn you get a period and it sucks and you put in a tampon and then that's it. Like we don't really have Mm -hmm. any education about it. And I think that that contributes to so much shame. Like I feel like, you know, looking back for most of us, when we first got our periods, there was a lot of like embarrassment and like shame around it. Where do you think that that comes from? Like, why is it such a shameful experience for women? Uh, I love this question in so many ways. So I am, if you guys are not aware, Barry's a very direct person. I say things, um, <laughs> sugar, spice, organic, and nice. Like that's the vibe I try to give delivery in. I love so it. there's two reasons. One, we have lived in a man's world for so long. And I say that with love. We have lived in a world in which everything has been so linear right? They reset every 24 hours. We reset every 21 to 34 days because that's like the average length of a menstrual cycle should fall within that window of 21 to 34 days, right? So that is one reason. And no shade, no tea to them for resetting like that. I love that for them. Sometimes I wish we could do that too. Like, I don't want to be holding on to stuff, like, you know, but there's a reason for it, right? And then the second reason being the conditioning, the narrative. So I was in maybe the fifth grade and I have this image in my head of them rolling out like an actual TV, not a flat screen TV. I'm talking about one of those TVs with the big backs that had dust over it. And they took a VHS tape and like pushed it into the TV. And we watched this video from like the 1980s of this girl getting her first period. And she was in high school and she was so embarrassed because she had bled through her pants and didn't know what was going on. So there's this story that's taught to us at a very early age and we buy into it because Mm. unfortunately no one's telling us any different. You know, my mom, my grandma, they never sat down and had a conversation with me about the different phases of the cycle. 
I think that's why we have this relationship because we're all buying into the same narrative, the same idea. And it's like, we know at the end of the day, mindset is everything. Well, what's your mindset around your period? What is your period story? Are you telling yourself you should be in pain and you're going to expect that and then you are in pain? Or are you telling yourself, you know what, this is a different time for me to learn my body and love my body? Like, what is the story we're telling people around their period? I love that you're connecting that to even like how we feel in the present because I, I actually like a couple years ago, my therapist had me write a letter to my 12-year-old self because I had all this like shame around period, even still, like even before I became, you know, really educated about hormonal health and cycle syncing, I just, I had this feeling of like, I hate my body. I was on, you know, oral birth control for 12 years because trying to suppress it. Like, and I swear, I know this is going to sound wild to a lot of people, but I swear, I know in my heart that the reason it was so bad for so long, yes, probably a lot of like nutrient deficiencies going on and things like that. But I swear it's because I had so much shame when I first got my period when I was 12 and wanted to suppress it and didn't tell anybody and felt embarrassed about it. And like probably had those images like that video of all a period is going to bring you is like embarrassment because you're going to bleed through your pants and it's going to be this traumatic experience instead of, you know, someone like uh, in Women Code, actually, Elisa BT writes, like if someone sits you down when you get your period and congratulates you and you get to skip school and go out to lunch and your your mom throws you a party with all the women in your life, like how mm-hmm. different would your period have been? So I love that you're bringing up looking into your relationship with your period and how that can affect you. Do you think that, do you think that like the way that we, the relationship we have with our periods can affect symptoms or affect how our period showing up now, it's like, it's worth looking into our relationship when our period first started. A hundred percent. I mean, I think it's so important that, you know, I love that we're in the wellness age. That's what I feel like we're in, right? And so the conversations around rewiring your brain, improving your relationship with your body, you know, people talking about the body keeping the score, all of that has shaped how we experience health now, but especially how we experience our period. So anybody listening, I would encourage you to think back to your first period and think about the journey that you've had with your cycle and your period up until this point. Like go back and see what those, this is an exercise I take all my clients. They're like, they literally are like, why am I doing a period journey? And I'm like, (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I want to know where you started and now why you're here. You know, because if you know where you started and you understand where you're at in the present moment, we can work towards a future that is really transformative and cyclical. But first, we have to acknowledge all the old things. It doesn't change. Like, if if we don't acknowledge it, then we're really not going to change that belief. So, I definitely think that, like, it plays a big part. And how would you recommend, like if someone does the exercise and realizes, like you said at the beginning, like the relationship is toxic, how do you Mm -hmm. begin to change that if you are someone who is experiencing like really painful periods or, you know, you have PCOS or there's kind of a reason that that someone listening is like, I hate my period. How do you begin Mm -hmm. to pay attention to prioritize and heal that relationship? I have like a five-step approach that I really recommend everyone do, but I'm not going to get into all the details because I feel like it could be overwhelming. So the first thing is to shift your beliefs, shift the way you look at your period. 
I understand if you have a chronic condition, for instance, right? You're living with, let's say, endometriosis or PCOS or fibroids or something like that, right? You might be like, listen, I'm not shifting these beliefs. I don't need to. Yes, you do. Here's why. Because the moment you shift what you believe about your period, your body begins to shift as well. Everything starts in our mind. Our body follows. Okay? So shift that belief. Now, beyond shifting your belief, let's get a little bit more tactical because I think people are like, "Mm, it's too much, right? Align with your cycle. Start cycle syncing. So change your relationship with food and realize food is fuel. It's a tool. It's going to work for you or against you. So for instance, if you have PCOS, maybe you have insulin resistant PCOS. Well, what does that mean? It means that maybe you need to shy away from those like very simple carbohydrates that are like spiking your blood sugar in all these different directions. If you're somebody with endometriosis, maybe what you need to do is like double down on the type of fiber that you're consuming, right? So we want to pair our belief shifting with behavior shifting as well. And looking at our body, our period as a report card, listen, I'm not the only one that's seen Instagram, okay? Everyone and their mother is talking about cycle syncing and y'all are on TikTok too. I know you are because I am, okay? I'm not alone, okay? I know everybody's talking about these things, but the reason we say look at your period as a report card, it's because your blood color can tell you about your hormone levels. Your symptoms can also tell you about your hormone levels, your cravings, all of these things. It's just feedback. So now that you have this information, what are you going to do about it? It's one thing to have the knowledge. It's another thing to apply. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) No, I love it so much because it's so, it's so true. And now that I, like when I learned, okay, the period is the fifth vital sign. Like it's giving us super important information. It's, I love that you call it a report card. Like that is powerful. And the fact that I suppressed mine for years on birth controls, a lot of people have done. I'm like, that is, is 10 plus years that I missed out on really knowing what's going on with my body. You know, I could have maybe healed a lot more symptoms because the period gives you such incredible information. And I'm like, aren't boys jealous that they don't get a period and that they (laughs) don't get this insight into their bodies? Like, so you're so right that it's just the mindset shift of seeing the period as such a, a useful bit of information that even if you do have symptoms and you do struggle with it and it's not, you know, super fluffy, wonderful experience for you right now, there's a reason for that. And it's giving you insight that it's hard to find elsewhere. Like that's so important to look at it. So I love those steps. So let's get into the, the nitty gritty of it all. I would love to start hearing from you because I know you post about this a lot. Mm-hmm. What are some common misconceptions you see about hormonal health and reproductive cycles? I'm sure there's a lot. Do you want me to pull out my scroll for everybody? <laughs> yes, okay. At three so- more hours, Yeah. This is a new one. I always, I, I decided yesterday, I officially found a hill that I would die on. <laughs> yes. And it, because of this thing, I think one of the main misconceptions is that you can actually balance your hormones. If you have a period, I want to say this, I'm not trying to like rewrite every narrative. I just want you to think about something. Throughout your menstrual cycle, your hormones are constantly fluctuating. So they never actually balance. So I want to give everybody a permission slip 
to not quote unquote balance their hormones, but rather live in hormonal harmony. That's the first one. It's the most recent one. It's the one that I know is just going to make everybody be like, what? Somebody had to say it. So I volunteer as tribute, okay? The next one is that you should be in pain on your period. I think that's a really large misconception. And I think one of the reasons that's such a large misconception is because it's the story we've been told our whole lives. Flip the script, like straight up. That's it. That's that's all. Um, The next one is that you can get pregnant every single day of your cycle. You can get pregnant, just not every single day. There's only six days out of your cycle that you're actually like in a window in which you can get pregnant. And I think it's important to know that first and foremost, ovulation happens 16 to 32 hours max. So that's like the window. But the days leading up to ovulation, and I would argue even one day after ovulation, because I feel like not everyone understands ovulation, that's when you need to express the most caution because sperm can live in the uterus for up to five days and in the fallopian tubes for up to seven. So that's how those like accidental pregnancies can kind of happen for people. So that would be another misconception. And I guess the last one would be that hormonal birth control can balance hormones. Ooh, tell me about that. Yes no. I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And a lot of people go on birth control to mm-hmm. quote, get their period back to balance hormones to whatever. So talk to me about that. <sighs> Listen, Clear I'm trying up. not to get in trouble. I'm trying not to get in trouble, but you know, Josie wants to open up this can of worms, so I'm gonna. Yeah, let it. <laughs> I'm open. Okay, it up. and I, I do want to say this: I'm here to inform you, not to offend you. Uh, but I am also a very direct person, friends. So take what you need, leave what you don't. Now, with that being said, disclaimer out the window: <sighs> hormonal birth control could quite literally never do what your body naturally does. So as somebody who was on the combination pill once upon a time, like it feels like a long time ago, it's almost been a decade. Okay. As somebody who was on hormonal birth control, like the combination pill, I can speak from personal experience. Hormonal birth control has synthetic hormones. So progestin is not progesterone. They're two different types of things. One is chemically created in a lab, essentially, and the other is produced by the body. And with hormonal birth control, without getting into the details of how, like all the nitty gritty, what it's important to know is that it's synthetic. So the body views it as a toxin, which means it's causing an imbalance because we don't want toxins in our body, but our body will respond. And so this is causing the liver to work over time. That's not balancing anything. Now, there are like hormone replacement therapies that a lot of different people are doing. And I do think that, you know, if it, I don't want to say if it feels good, do it, but I also understand the trust in a hormone replacement therapy, the hope that it can provide, because you also have to realize that those things are not the natural thing. So if your body's not producing enough progesterone, naturally, a progestin-only pill, for instance, or hormonal birth control isn't going to cause your body to produce more progesterone. Your body's just going to look at it as this like 
synthetic thing, this foreign object, and then your body is going to react different ways. Sometimes it reacts really well. Sometimes it's like shutting down on you, you know, and a lot of people don't know that. Uh, For instance, with uh, the combination pill, right? So it's a fake form of estrogen, a fake form of progesterone. One thing that seems to be pretty present for a lot of women and just giving a trigger warning is weight gain. That's your body's response to the hormonal birth control because it's like, what is this foreign thing? Estrogen is a fat storing hormone. So the synthetic hormone of estrogen is causing you to hold on to fat. It's not ideal and it's not really balancing anything. It's just adding more foreign substances to your body. If the point is to be in an optimal state of health or just a baseline state of health, what you want to do is control the substances that are coming into your body. I love your perspective on it. Let's say this, birth control, oral birth control, any way that you can get birth control is essential in a lot of situations and is going to be life-saving to people in situations. Mm-hmm. But I think the point being, it's not, it doesn't give you your period back, which is why a lot of people go on it in the first place. And it's not helping you achieve peak health. Anyone out there, like do you, do what's best for you. Your doctor knows what's best for you. But rethink if you're going on it to get your period back because you have PCOS or you know something like figure out other ways, right? Because you're not actually getting a period on it. It's you. You might bleed. It's a medical it's not, bleed. It's a medical bleed. It's, it's a not medically a period. bleed. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not real. It's a medically induced bleed, and I think that's where the misconception lies. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and again, here to inform you, not to offend you. I know some of y'all feathers are ruffled, but you'll be okay. <laughs> like, love you so much, right? Air hugs. With hormonal birth control, it is so important that you are fully educated and empowered with the information about how it's impacting your body. If the point of hormonal birth control is to control birth, why is it being prescribed for things aside from controlling birth? One. Two, explain the accidental pregnancies that have happened right? So I think it's really important that we acknowledge that. And if you're on it, just, you know, I'm not saying get off of it. What I'm saying is do your due diligence to protect your body, to learn about how it works, to like replenish the nutrients being depleted by hormonal birth control, right? Like support your gut because at the end of the day, it's got to do all this extra work to keep you in like a, a functioning state. I don't want to say like a thriving state. I don't want to project anything, but like our body does have to do a lot of work. So again, I say it with love, but I also have so much conviction around it. As somebody who was like out of control when I was on hormonal birth control, I'd never felt so out of control of my body. I was so emotional and like, maybe it's because I'm a Pisces, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because I'm a Pisces. But what I really think it was, was like my body is actual response to the birth control. And I think it's good just to like have information out there because it, it, again, it's, they're misconceptions. There's not a ton of information that is easily accessible to a lot of people. So especially a, a medication, but also any kind of supplement, vitamin, like everybody should just do their due diligence of researching and understanding what it's actually doing to your body. So I totally agree. And I think it's so important to share that information. 
Another misconception that I really would love for you to speak on is libido, because I think it's only recently been like widely acknowledged that it's related to hormones. Like before it wasn't really something women talked about and, you know, much less asked their doctor and thought it was a medical related thing. And, you know, I I think women hear a lot like, oh, you're just not in the right relationship or like, oh, you're just busy or like, like there's a thousand different things people talk about libido. So can you clear some things up? I know you're laughing. Like what does it have to do with hormones? I'm laughing because I'm just like, where, like, where should I even start? Where do you start? Yeah. Like libido is one of those things that's really driven based off of our estrogen and our testosterone. And if you are a menstruator, a woman, however you identify, if you're having a period, okay. Yes, we do have testosterone coming through our body. Well, what often happens is our libido can be impacted by so many things. One our stress and anxiety plays a really key role into that. Uh, two, hormonal birth control because it changes our brain and it changes what we're attracted to, like pheromone-wise. I'm so curious for people to know because I think that's a great part of it is that you know we have, especially like as we talked about with the difference between like a male, like their circadian rhythm is the only kind of like rhythm they're going off of. So they have the 24-hour window. So like they have higher libido, higher sex drive in the morning, every morning, because that's how their bodies go. And obviously there's factors that change that, but like just from a very biological standpoint, whereas as menstruators, as, as people who get periods, we fluctuate between the entire cycle of how our sex drive works. So like, can you speak on, you know, like when would a sex drive be higher? Is it normal to have lower sex drive and like how that fluctuates throughout the cycle? The time throughout your cycle where you're definitely going to be like, I have raging hormones, right? So we're going to be in our follicular phase and our ovulatory phase and the early luteal phase. That like three week stretch essentially is going to be like prime time high libido. If you notice that your libido is not high during those phases, that's a sign that hormonally something may be off unless you're just in a toxic relationship, okay? I'm going to just say it. So if that's the case, however, in your late luteal phase and arguably that first part of your menstrual phase, your libido would be a little bit lower or almost... I don't want to say non-existent, but it's going to be much lower. And that's because your hormone levels are much lower. One of the things I always tell people is, remember, we have two weeks of high energy, two weeks of like external focus and external energy. And then essentially like one and a half to almost two weeks of lower energy and more internal focus. And your libido actually follows that. In terms of like the time of day, it's going to really be different for each person because some people really thrive in the morning. Some people are those night owls. So you'll actually personally notice this. Like, I think there is a blanket idea when it comes to men's health, when their libido is high, because that's just like the benefits of being linear. That's the benefits of resetting every 24 hours. Whereas with women's health, we don't have that same luxury. But I will say this, for those of you who never want to have sex or have no libido in the second half of your cycle, like so after ovulation, 
we need to talk about that because that could be a sign of lower progesterone levels. Progesterone is rest and digest. Progesterone is really the hormone that's going to make us more affectionate and emits like our, it triggers our cuddle hormone to go off essentially our oxytocin. If you don't have enough progesterone, you might be like, do not touch me. So what are some things that someone can do? Like if, if that is the reason, obviously there are a thousand other reasons that, like you said, relationship wise, stress levels, but if that might be it, are there certain things to eat, certain things to do, supplements, anything that can help raise that progesterone during that time? Adaptogens are really going to be good for this. And I really am a big fan of shatavari, unless you have like major fertility. Like if you have infertility related concerns, then I would maybe just like talk with your doctor about whether or not that's a good situation for you. But shatavari is a really good one. Maca root. I feel like everybody knows about maca and then ashwagandha. Those three herbs, shatavari is specific to women. Maca is specific to like your stress, but libido. Um, And it's also, okay, I'm going to share a little like secret. So back in like the ancient, like Incan and Mayan times, they would give the warriors black maca root to go to war in order to like conquer and different things. And they would actually take the women and children from like the villages and places that they were living in because of the testosterone levels being higher, which inevitably boosts the libido levels. I know. That's wild, Whoa. right? Whoa. Yeah. So ladies, don't do the black maca root. Um, but like stay away from that one. But like just regular like maca powder is a really good way to like boost that libido because it really does target like strength and endurance, but really again, upping um, progesterone and testosterone together. And then ashwagandha, just so you can stay in a state of like relaxation. Those would be like the three things I would recommend. And then another thing I would honestly say is like cutting down on your caffeine. That's a big one for a lot of people. So we love caffeine. That is, I would argue like America's drug of choice is caffeine, but the stimulant of it is really pulling stuff from all of our hormones, whether it be our progesterone, our estrogen, or be our cortisol, our DHEA, pregnenolone, any of those hormones. Caffeine is really just, it's a stimulant. So it's just kind of like they're keeping us like wired and we don't want to be wired. When we're wired, we're not producing enough of our progesterone. And our progesterone is actually produced from something that happens in the first part of our cycle anyways, which I'm trying not to like go too like sciencey with everything, but yeah. You're doing great. I know. I know it's it's hard to, like there is so much to this stuff that it, it is very hard to squeeze it all into a 60 minute conversation. So you're doing a great job breaking it all down. And, and it, but I totally get what you mean of like, it's hard to simplify when what you're talking about is there's so much meat to it. So, um, but I think those are amazing, very like tangible, concrete tips for someone to start with. So I think those are so helpful. So let's say, talk about more tips. Someone's listening who either they do have, you know, certain symptoms with their period that they want to get rid of. Um, maybe they just are interested in healing their hormones, living more in sync with their hormonal cycle. What are some like maybe like top three, top five changes someone can start making right now to improve their hormonal health? 
Okay, so I'm trying not to give away all of my good tips, okay? Gosh, <laughs> like these questions are just getting better and better by the second. So the first thing is to stabilize blood sugar levels. Some of y'all just not eating enough throughout the day. There, I said it. <laughs> like, Amazing point. Amazing point. So I think a lot of times we want to like optimize our health before we standardize our health practices. So really stabilizing those blood sugar levels can really help you create hormonal harmony. Cause that's like what I'm all about. It's like, I know my hormones are never truly going to be balanced, but if I can put them in a state in which they can be harmonious, we've done something right. The second tip is nervous system regulation. And that's because the body keeps the score. And so many people don't realize that hormones are the chemical messengers of the body right? So if the message our body is receiving is that we are stressed out and anxious, then we're going to keep these negative feedback loops, keep these large like imbalances present hormonally. So actually regulate your nervous system. How can I do that? Sunlight, 15 minutes first thing in the morning. Um, Going for walks right after your meals. A 20-minute walk actually helps to stabilize blood sugar levels as well, improves your digestion. Speaking of digestion, I also want to put out elimination, pooping helps your hormones, friends. So those are some, like, I feel like those are very simple things, but I think they're the things that we often overlook. Um, Now, if we want to get a little bit more micro, look at what's in your products, right? Make sure we're buying things that are fragrance-free, for instance. Like I'm having the hardest time letting go of my favorite perfume. I'm just like, I smell amazing, but I also (laughs) know... This isn't the best thing for my hormones. So kind of taking a look at those things. You know, especially with a lot of the cycle syncing information out there, people might see it on their TikTok feeds or whatever and be like, I'm interested in that, but like, this feels like too much. Like I have no idea where to start. So I think that those tips you just gave are actually like very concrete, easy, like start with that, like eat more food, eat, like you said before, eat less of maybe those like simple carbohydrates that aren't doing much for you, like balance your insulin levels, get outside, go for a walk, get those 50 minutes of sunlight. Like all of those things are to your point, simple, but like most of us are missing those things. So I think to start, those are so huge. I have my girls do something that I call like the fab five. I have a habit tracker that I have all my girls do. And the first thing is tracking their basal body temperature. And that's just because most of them are not on hormonal birth control, but like they forget to take their temperature. The second thing is to make sure that they are organizing their meals and getting three to five meals a day. And again, blood sugar stabilization. Then we are taking the third thing would be the probiotic and the multivitamin that I recommend for them to take. And then 20 minutes of movement, 20 minutes of self-care. And that's because it's like, I have this thing I teach called the one, but it allows them to organize their meals, nurture their nervous system, and it reminds them to execute daily. And I feel like I probably should have like let in with that rather than just be like, <laughs> get the sunlight, blah, blah, blah. But like, as I'm thinking about, everyone's probably on their hot girl walks right now, you know, or in their healing girl era. So like, for those of you who like the tactical like things, you now have my secret weapon. That's literally, that's it. That's all. That's the podcast, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We can we can go now. That's it. No, I love, <laughs> I'm obsessed with that checklist because you're right. It's so easy to do that every day. And if you just like memorize those five things, keep it in your head, know to keep those up. 
it makes this so tangible and graspable. And like, that's what Mm -hmm. I think like people need to hear. So I love that five checklist. I'm going to start saying that to myself too. I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Okay. So going more to cycle syncing, we actually had Elisa Viti on who, as you mentioned, like the author of Woman Code. And so she already explained like the stages of cycle syncing, what kind of that means as an overview. So if anyone out there is listening and wants to go back and like have that more like 101 approach, it is episode 10. But I would love for you to walk us through how you cycle sync if you could, because I, I think even like hearing about it can be difficult. So kind of bringing it more tangible. So like even starting with what we were already talking about with work and productivity, which I know is like, mm-hmm. as we were saying, it's really hard to think like, as we said, this podcast, which typically like at the phase of both of our, our cycles of where we are now, you should kind of be more inward and we're doing something that's very outward and social. So it's hard, but are there any things that you try and make sure to do so that you are thinking your productivity and your work life as much as possible? Yeah. So the first thing is like daily, it really is the Fab Five checklist. If you take one thing away, please implement that. And it also like, you know, Elisa's work and my work, like she inspired me to do what I do. I just needed to take it to a level that was like practical for me in my late twenties. I was like, listen, I can't do the sun, moon and stars. I'm not going to remember the seasons. Like, bye. Like, you know, it, it, I had to make it my own. So the Fab Five checklist is what I do daily. Now, when we look at cycle syncing for productivity, I think it's important to understand that one, your menstrual cycle starts in your brain. And two, your brain is changing throughout your cycle. So I use this thing called pace. So life is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's important to pace yourself as you're running, right? Well, that same thing is what we should keep in mind as we are working and being productive in sync with our cycle. So at a high level, phase one is all about planning. Research shares 25% more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. That's a perfect time for ideation, goal setting, you know, pulling out your notion and getting on your iPad. Okay. We've all seen it on TikTok. We're all inspired. I know we are. I'm not the only one. The second phase, right? To the follicular phase, research shares that there's more activity between the hippocampus and your amygdala. And so because there's more activity happening there and they're growing more, this is a time for action-oriented things, in my opinion, in terms of strategic planning. So whether you are a working professional or an entrepreneur or a stay-at-home mom, who I also like to call a family manager, because I just think that's a cute title for it, whatever your role is, you know what task you need to get done to bring that plan to life. And so you want to kind of focus on those things at a higher level. Then the third phase, so when we are in our ovulatory phase and arguably that early luteal phase, we are really going to create. Why are we doing this? There's that spike in energy, that spike in your hormone levels. And it's really important for us to capitalize on that and utilize that energy. So this is when I'm telling people like pitch to people, do your discovery calls, do your meetings, whatever that is for you, do it. Like anything that's involving you talking. But the moment you notice you're irritable, we're going to go into the fourth phase, which is our late luteal. You know, our luteal phase is early luteal, late luteal. But in that fourth and final phase, that late luteal phase, I highly recommend that you evaluate. Okay. We are taking advantage of the fact that essentially our brain 
research shares that it's kind of switching from very allocentric and focused on the external world to very egocentric and focused on me, myself, and I. So instead of looking for problems in your relationship, okay, I want you all to start looking for problems to solve in your professional life and different things like that. Like how far am I to achieving my goal or how far have I come? What else needs to be done? And again, this is called pace. It's something I teach in my program. It's a very high level look at it, but I also love to bring that same thing into my day. So I start the first part of my day planning out things. Usually I do it on a Sunday. I'm not going to lie. It's already planned. I don't have to think about it on like the day of, but you plan. Then the second part is taking action. Then the third part is creating. So even though I'm in my late luteal phase right now, this is a part of my creation time. It's in that window. And for me, I like to chunk things into like three hour blocks because it just works really well for like my lifestyle. And then the final part of my day is evaluation and really reflecting on how far I have to go or if everything's done, is everything off my to-do list? And like, I'm a big fan of the Ivy Lee method too. So I will like do my due diligence to like make sure that I prepare myself for the next morning. Thankfully, I, I don't work on Fridays and that's just because I work for myself and so I don't like to work on a Friday, uh, but that's really how I do it. And I think that you know, if you are new to cycle syncing or trying to figure out how to be productive in sync with your cycle, chunk it up. Think about the pace method I just shared and figure out what works best for you and evolve it however you need to. I love that. I love that there's like themes for it because it definitely makes it feel more tangible. Like like if anyone out there is like, that was like, this is a lot of information. Cycle syncing is so confusing. I think that is a very tangible way of like that there's almost like these four different themes that you can loosely follow throughout your phases. You just know what to prioritize. You know to set aside maybe a little bit of time to evaluate a little bit of extra time to create, like whatever that theme word is. What about exercise? How do you sync your your exercise in different ways at different phases? This is the easiest thing ever. This is my favorite question. I will answer this question. This might be another hill I would die on, okay? Oh, I love it. Two weeks of high energy, two weeks of low energy. Do not let anybody else tell you anything different. Listen, girlies, listen, we're all in our Pilates girl era, all going for our hot girl walks, okay? Let's capitalize on this, okay? So in the first phase of your cycle, you want to focus on lower energy, lower intensity, active recovery-based training. Second phase, third phase, so follicular and ovulatory phase, we're going to turn up that intensity, higher intensity, very much so like high impact, strength, resistance, power-based training. Thrive. You want to climb a mountain? You go climb that mountain, Glen Coco. <laughs> you want to go run that marathon? You go do it, okay? This is the time to really turn it up. Then when you're in that luteal phase, you're going to turn down the intensity again, and we're going to go to lower intensity active recovery. Now for me, I noticed that I like to go boxing in my PMS phase. <laughs> I think for me, sometimes I like will just like let things pile up and I don't realize it. And so sometimes when I'm PMSing, I just want to hit some things. I just want to get it out of my system. I think that probably feels great. It's so great to do that because for me, the type of boxing I do, it is lower intensity. 
it is for me, it feels like active recovery. It's really not recovery work at all, but it is lower intensity as opposed to going to do like a sprint based training or like, you know, a lot of weightlifting. So again, two weeks of high, two weeks of low. And if you're somebody working with a personal trainer, just tell your trainer. So many personal trainers have been great about really aligning people's goals and ambitions with their menstrual cycle. And as somebody who was once a personal trainer and somebody who was once a a collegiate athlete, I know that you can actually like align the workouts. The U.S. women's national soccer team uses the power of periodization in their training. It can be done. Trust me. So cool. And it makes so much sense because everybody has that experience where like some days you know, you'll go to like to a kickboxing class or like, or to even like a Barry's boot camp or your go for a run or whatever your, your poison of choices, you go mm-hmm. for this workout. And some days you feel like that was amazing. Like I have all this energy. And then some days you're like struggling to do the bare minimum that, that you normally can do. And I think normally in those times we are used to feeling like shit and we're like, I'm just out of shape or like, you know, something's wrong with me when that's just your hormones being like, no, no, no. Like we don't want this right now. We want the low impact. We want a little bit more relaxed, slow. So I think even hearing that where there's two weeks where you can go hard, get it all out there, climb your mountain, two weeks where you should be more inward and gentle and slower frees a lot of women, like truly from pushing through what you are forcing your body to do that it doesn't want to do and that it shouldn't do. It's not, it's not meant to do it. So I think that the exercise, while being so simple, is a really, really powerful one for sure. What about social life and like, or just in general, like how you spend your free time? Oh, this is funny. Okay. So I'm very similar. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram 8. I don't know. I have no idea. But I think a lot of your social life should be not completely dictated around your cycle, but rather around your personal capacity. So. Obviously, by nature, we are more social when we're not on our periods. But I also think that bearing this in mind, you have to think about your capacity. Some people want to go be social when they seriously just don't have the emotional or energetic capacity, and they could be ovulating. Understanding your personal capacity is the most important. But because we're talking about cycle syncing, let me just say this. Talk to people after your period and before your next PMS phase. Like that's when you should talk to people. And I know that if you're a working professional, you're probably thinking, listen, like if you're a publicist, you're like, listen, I have to talk to people (laughs) all the time. Okay, well, change up the conversation then. So for instance, I am podcasting right now, right? Today is a day where I am actually on the giving end of a lot of podcasts. I'm at the end of my cycle. So I've been interviewed several times today. So glad this is the last one because I'm gonna be chilling, <laughs> so happy you know. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But like I've been giving a lot today, and this is the last bit that I have to give before my period probably starts tomorrow. Well, tomorrow I also have to podcast because of how my week is stacked. So I'm on the receiving end. So I am doing the interviewing. I have five questions, six questions where I will be receiving answers and then going about my day. Think about your menstrual cycle as two phases of giving and two phases of receiving. And I think that will change everything for you. Oh, I love the way to think of that. That's so huge. So the giving is more of like 
if someone wants to think of it, like after their period ends, it's those couple weeks after. And then the receiving is, is after those couple weeks. And then during your period, it's more about the receiving energy. Yep. So phases four, phase four and phase one. So in that late luteal phase and that menstrual phase, you actually want to be on the receiving end, be on the receiving end of support. Because I know a lot of us are still working on how to get help or say, I need help, right? See how you can receive. Okay. And then when you're done with your period and into that early luteal phase, I would say you can give. It's so much easier to pour into people when you're in a state of actually giving. And our biology is designed to give in certain moments and receive in other moments. And we just need to attune to that. That can really be applied to like anything like I'm even thinking about you know, like maybe on those receiving weeks is when you go and you hang out with the friends that you're like, these people like give me energy and they like are supportive. And, and it's like that close group of friends. Whereas on the giving days on those couple weeks, that's maybe when you'll go like reach out to someone who you want to network with. And it's a little bit more energy up front, or maybe it's even someone you like want to go ask for advice. And like, you're kind of like, you know, like maybe have to be a little bit more of that giving energy. So I, I think that that is like really like it really can be applied to work meetings. It could be applied to social life. It could be applied to everything. Okay. I know you have so many, so many good tricks and tips and supplements and products and things you love for your period. So this Mm. is just like the last thing I would be so remiss if I did not have you just share some of those habits, rituals, products, anything that you recommend during your period to make it as good as it could be? Okay. So if you're a product junkie, open up the notes app on your phone and let's get into this. So y'all are going to be shocked. First and foremost, probiotic. That's a non-negotiable. Drinkable multivitamin, also a non-negotiable. The probiotic I personally take is from Seed. I feel like everybody has heard about Seed at this point in time, especially if they're listening to this podcast. I know they've heard of it. Seed's so great. (laughs) Yeah. um, the drinkable multivitamin I take is called the PMS Elixir, and it is from Morea Wellness. It tastes like lemonade. I think everybody needs it. And it's mostly because the micronutrient levels, so good. And you don't have like the electric pee that so many other like multivitamins give off. This is actually being absorbed by your cells. So that's what we want. I've never had electric pee from it, and I think everyone needs it. If you deal with cramps, or a lot of pain around your period, I recommend the PMS and period support supplement from Semaine, which I'm pretty sure is on the site. Yes. And I got on it because of you. And it really did help when I had bad cramps. Like it honestly did. I also recommend red raspberry leaf tea. I think everybody knows also that Also got as on that because well. of you. Yes. That's, I love <laughs> raspberry. That's like, I, I drink it every day now. I cannot I, me not too. drink it. I have a tea that I like a, t- a little herbal mixture, like tea I've been drinking called Don't Cramp My Style. And that's just like for me to like know, like, okay, I've got this, I've got that. If you deal with moodiness, I would recommend a supplement called Steady Mood from Daloon. And I've recently been obsessed with it because I just want to have a better mood overall. I think I'm pretty happy, but like I'm also like, I'm turning 29 next month and I just feel like, it's like emotionally messing with my head that I'm almost in the last year of my twenties or something. I don't know. So, I think that's a thing. Like I've, I've yeah. heard that from a lot of people actually. 
Yeah. And I'm pretty sure last year I went through like my Saturn return. And so like that was also a thing, but this supplement has rhodiola and saffron. And those are some of the most underrated herbs when it comes to PMS, especially saffron. Like it can help with your cramps and your cravings. I've taken steady mood for the last two months. Um, I don't take Samane as much as I used to. Mostly if I have a hangover, I'll take it because I don't get cramps on my period. Let me see. I think that's where I would stop with the recommendations though, because what I've noticed is like, there's so many different things that are everyone's coming to me with, but every single time I say, take your probiotic, get this drinkable multivitamin from there, pick your poison, like pick what's going on with you and we can target it. I actually set up my Instagram so that like people can like pick their PMS symptom and then see what I recommend for it. And that's just because it's easier. It's so smart. That is so, so smart. <laughs> Thank you. And I love all those products. Those are awesome. What about any like routines or like rituals or anything it's like that? Fab fab it's five. the Fab Five. It's the Fab Five, baby. Yeah, that's what and it that's, is. It's, that's why it works. It's so simple and easy. I think that we want to hear these really in-depth routines, but something that I have lived by for the longest time is that healthy is simple. And healthy should be simple. So for me, I try to make sure my routines are just that. I try to carve out the time in my day to have at least three meals that contain protein, healthy fat, and fiber. Usually in the morning, it's like I'll do my morning smoothie and some celery juice. And then in the middle of the day, I will eat a salad or just like whatever I have in the fridge. I don't really get too deep, wonderful, and spiritual about it. And then every night I make a really great dinner. And that always varies based off of which phase of my cycle I'm in and what I'm in the mood for. But I also like to have like in-betweens. And one thing I guess is kind of a ritual is I like to go check out the medical medium Instagram and see what recipes and different things he's been recommending. Because while I don't like do all things medical medium, I love some of the recommendations. So for like thyroid healing, for instance, there were like 13 different food pairings that were so great that I could see how they paired with the thyroid, but also how they improved the cycle. So it'd be like apples and celery or like celery and dates or dates and dulse flakes, things like that, which are really kind of a quirky, but like I find myself always going over to whether I'm using Instagram or I'm going over to my medical medium books. I feel like that's kind of like one of those things where you wouldn't expect it, but it really does change the game. Interesting. Okay. That's a great tip. I'll have to check that out. Oh, and sleep. Sleep. Okay. Do you need more sleep than normal on your period? Yes. I mean, you need more sleep period. So what a lot of people don't realize is your melatonin regulates your menstrual cycle and really cues the body to start the period in the first place. So having a really solid sleep routine, I think is so important. Usually I'm in bed by 10 PM and I'm up at like five or six, but I would say that is like the one thing I'm probably regimented about. Like Mm. don't mess with my sleep. We could all probably afford to be a little more regimented too. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. That's for sure. That's so good. Those are such amazing tips. Okay. I could talk to you forever about this stuff. Like I literally could keep going on a tangent after tangent, but we do not have all the time. I want you to go enjoy your last luteal day and like cocoon, (laughs) but let's wrap up with a few rapid fire questions 
first one, go-to breakfast. It sounds like you already said your smoothie. You have like a go-to smoothie. Mm-hmm. I'm a smoothie. So if you want to know what's in my smoothie at the moment, tell us, it's tell us. spinach, frozen mango, frozen pineapple. And instead of using like water or milk, I have been loving using my tea as like the liquid base yeah. so that I don't have to steep like I know. I was watching this guy. His name's Akeem. I think his name's Akeem Pierre or something on uh, TikTok. And I saw him on Instagram and he said this. And I was like, this is genius. Like, why didn't I think of that? So that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, That's my go-to breakfast. And then I add a seed cycling blend into it when I'm feeling like I want that extra oomph. Okay. Quickly talk about the seed cycling. There's so many things, Mm -hmm. but do you buy that from somewhere? Do you put together your own seeds? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I use the seed cycling blend from Funkit Wellness. That's F-U-N-K, Funkit Wellness. And they have two blends, Nurture and Radiate. And I actually had the opportunity to meet the founder in person over the summer. And I absolutely just fell in love with the brand all over again. I like it just because it's food. I don't like to make my own blends. This comes kind of like, if you want to think of, it's like crumbles almost. And I think it's the best thing ever. There's another seed cycling brand out there called Luna Seeds, but I do prefer my Funkit Wellness ones. And that's just because I can pop it into a smoothie and not really think about it. But when I want like a savory situation, I try Luna Seeds. Yum. Okay. I have to get those. Sound amazing. You need to get your hands on the Funk at Wellness one a hundred percent because you really can top it with anything. Luna seeds will put you in the seat of like everything but the uh bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. That's like literally like the vibes, but I only like one of the blends, not the other blend, and that's just because I'm like very particular with the flavor profile. Whereas with like the Funk at Wellness, I don't taste the flavor. Like you don't notice it and you can bake with it. You can cook with it. You put it in your smoothie. And I like that specifically. Yeah. It sounds so much easier to, to work with. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Great reps. God, you have the best product recommendations. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Your all-time favorite movie. Avatar. The first really? one. The first James one. James Cameron. Yeah. The second one, I don't know what James Cameron's team was doing. <laughs> like, Jim, we need to talk. But the first yeah, one yeah. is that one. Okay. There's like three, but like, that's got to be like the number one. Okay. that That's a, a uh, I mean, it won a thousand awards. It, it is so, so objectively good, much less like it makes you yeah. feel all the feels. And I really just, I need like that energy to bring me back down to earth because it's either that or like I'm in a very like Elle Woods Legally Blonde moment or like I have this alter ego that's very like Al Pacino from Scarface. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I like, I'm a very like just straight up person. So like, you know, I feel like Avatar is the center and then the other two are like the spectrums of me. That's very fascinating. So you're like a combination <laughs> of like Al Pacino, L Woods, like somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should be your new Instagram bio is like Al Pacino <laughs> plus L Woods. And I so see that in you. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. Best piece of advice you've ever received. Oh, stop wishing, stop wanting and start working. Obsessed. Obsessed. That would make for a great tattoo. 
Barion, thank you. You have the absolute best advice. You're so interesting and you have the best product recommendations. I know that people will want to come find you, come follow you. So let us know um, where we can get more of you, your Instagram handle, all the good stuff. Yeah. So if you want to just like get like the daily tips, come hang out at Barion Elberry on TikTok and Instagram. I feel like I'm much funnier on TikTok. I'm a lot more unfiltered on TikTok and I really just like say it like it is. So like that's Al Pacino me, you know, whereas (laughs) like Instagram. Yeah. It's like, just like, I said what I said, like very fight (laughs) me. Whereas on Instagram, it's very like Elle Woods. And then if you want to learn more about your cycle and how to master your cycle so that you can master your life, follow at Optimize Your Flow on Instagram. And my period's called Perfect Periods. Uh, It's a play on words. You learn all about it in the intro. So there you go. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.